umgoblue.com by fans for fans since 1999 hello welcome to this edition of the umgoblue.com podcast this is phil callahan along with andy anderson and we're going to talk about michigan's resounding victory over wisconsin by a score of 38 to 13 at michigan stadium well andy what'd you think of that about that one well, it was a load off my back. I wondered if Michigan could run the ball against them. And uh, Higdon came through with that. The offensive line did okay, although they did allow three sacks. But a couple of those I thought were Patterson's fault. He was trying to escape and didn't make it. And, uh, you know, once in a while you can just go the wrong way. Otherwise, Patterson had an extremely good game. He's the best quarterback Michigan's had on hand for a long, long time. He's a playmaker. He's a winner. He seems to be calm. But the biggest challenges the man is going to have are all ahead of him as Michigan quarterback. Uh, Michigan State's going to be a challenge to beat them at home. is not going to be an easy task, no matter how bad they seem. Well, as far as the running game goes, it was really a tale of two halves. Um, you know, the first half, Hinkton couldn't get anything going, and really the only person who, who had any plays of significance on the ground was, of all people, Shea Patterson, who ran for 81 yards before getting tripped up, which was kind of funny. He got a little gas there. Um, you know, interesting thing about that, it was the, the second longest run from scrimmage for a Michigan quarterback in uh, Michigan's all-time history. Of course, the, the person with the longest run was Denard Robinson, which actually comes as no surprise. But again, first half, um, Michigan uh, had some chances to score, missed on some field goals. Um, I, I think, again, um, you know, it, it's nice to, to have a game where Michigan missed on some opportunities and still ended up with a, with a pretty convincing victory. Um, you know, one of the things that was interesting is, once again, um, you know, we talk about Shea Patterson as a quarterback. You know, he finished 14 for 21, 124 yards, um, and distributed the ball to, um, you know, eight different receivers. So it's interesting that even though, you know, he didn't have, a, you know, any long 70, 80-yard, um, you know, touchdown bombs, distributing the ball well, um you know, Michigan ended up with, you know, over 350 yards on the ground, which against Wisconsin is pretty amazing. So it's yes, weird. It it's weird because at halftime, I mean, you know, I never felt that Michigan didn't have control of this game. But again, when you look at the halftime score, you're still, you know, the game was definitely still within reach for, for Wisconsin. But again, Michigan just came out in the second half, and, and um, you know, I'll, I'll tell you one comment that I heard as I was exiting the stadium. Um, you know, some fans were talking, and they said, well, Wisconsin looked like a MAC team today. And, and I really, I can't disagree with that. I mean, I felt good coming into this game. I thought Michigan would win by double digits, but they really made it look easy. Yes, they did. Yeah, and, uh, you know, that can end any time. So it's, it's always the next one you've got to look out for. They did very well in this one, and it was wonderful to see it. The spectacle there was something else. Um, a 
At one time, they had a whole bunch of lights uh, from uh, from telephones and that sort of thing. Uh, the place looked like a Rose Bowl after a victory. They had that going. And uh, the, the, the atmosphere at night is uh, unbelievably good, except if you have to drive in it. <laughs> after the game, that traffic was sure intense last night. Well, and again, uh, the nice thing is <coughs> with, uh, with Michigan having the game in hand, uh, you know, pretty early in the fourth quarter. Some people left exactly. a little early, so it so it made it a little bit easier. But you know, it, what I was getting back to before is, you know, at halftime it was only thirteen to seven Michigan, but it really felt it felt bigger. You know, in past years with more disappointing teams, this was the kind of game that you know Michigan would dominate and perhaps end up you know slipping in the second half. But you know. When, when the season started, we pointed to this three-game stretch, okay, kind of call, you know, calling it the gauntlet. You had Wisconsin, you had Michigan State, which is always a tough game. You had Penn State, which, you know, has, has had a few good seasons. And I thought that Wisconsin might have been the toughest out of the three, looking at it preseason. And really, Wisconsin was handled pretty easily. Um, now, again, you don't want to get ahead of yourself too much. <clears throat> you know that Michigan State will be a tough game no matter what. But, again, um, they don't look like the juggernaut that they have in, in some seasons. And it, it's interesting because it really appears that, that Michigan is coming together and gelling in all the, in all the right areas. I mean, if you, would, you know, if you had said before the season, okay, that Michigan would be as dominant defensively with Rashawn Gary missing the last several games. And again, according, according to Coach Jim Harbaugh, um, we don't know if he's going to be playing next week or not. But I don't want to say they haven't missed him because you know he's a dominant force and they'd be even better if he was there. But really, the defense mm-hmm. hasn't missed a beat. That's right, but... They sure could use Solomon coming back and Rashawn uh, back next week. The more depth they have against those uh, mini, green meanies uh, from Michigan State, the better off they'll be. You know, at halftime, it seemed to me, and you mentioned this too at halftime, that that the score hadn't kept up with the statistics. Michigan was whopping, whopping them statistic-wise at the half. And yet the score lag, and that's because of the two uh, two field goals misses. Or, or excuse me, I don't mean that. I, uh, the, the two field goal hits that they had that weren't touchdowns. If that had been if that had been 14 points instead of six points, the difference would have been more obvious, and the field for the score would have equaled the field that you had for the statistics. So. They've got to they've got to start scoring. That's one fault that I can see is that they've got to start scoring touchdowns, especially early, instead of field goals. Well, and you know, part of it might have to be, Andy, <laughs> that we just admit that Michigan is is actually better than maybe we expected. I mean. It's 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 one thing to say that Wisconsin wasn't as good as we thought they'd be, but part of that equation is that they played Michigan. Yeah, 
And I will tell you, um, the, the comments from the Wisconsin coach and players after the game, they did not expect to be manhandled like this, and they definitely were dominated. Yeah, I've, I've read a lot of comments for the fans, and they, they surprise, not surprisingly sound a lot like Michigan fans when Michigan loses under, the, under similar circumstances. But it was a heck of a game. The Bridison said something after after the after the game that kind of impressed me. He talked about the offensive uh, adjustments for the second half, and those were effective. And certainly there were defensive adjustments as well, and those were effective. So this, this was a pretty well-coached game. You know, we've heaped a lot of scoring on Harbaugh at times, but... Uh, for having regimented play calling, for not being uh, up to the task in, in field management, all that. None of that applied to this game. They were managed perfectly, and the schemes, offensive and defensive, were adjusted to perfection. The half, uh, all good things. And Harbaugh was like a riverboat gambler on that uh, when he, uh, when he put uh, the uh, new quarterback in, he put, what's the guy's name? Do you remember? Well, Joe Milton. Milton, Milton was Joe. in, and then, you know. And, yeah, that, uh, that was, that stung me a little bit. I wondered about that. Why did he do that? Obviously, he expects great things from Joe Milton, and they're going to come. No question. Well, one of the things I thought was interesting is, Milton got some time in, and McCaffrey. You know, and, and I'll tell you, there was there was one point where you know in the third quarter, where Shea Patterson cut his hand, and they were scrambling on the sideline to get him ready to go, and Dylan McCaffrey had his helmet on, and uh, you know you have to wonder if as as great as Shea Patterson is playing, if. You know, he wanted to get right back in there because, again, he, he does have, you know, a pretty good backup behind him and didn't want to lose momentum. I mean, he's definitely the leader of this team. He's definitely the dominant quarterback. But it's really interesting after a decade of shaky quarterback play, it appears that Michigan has two guys who uh, can be at the controls of the offense and do pretty well. So it's, I don't think that uh, um, I think Shea Patterson is a stronger physically and more fit to run. Although uh, Dylan does does run and does, he's faster than I thought. That first touchdown he scored from scrimmage uh, taught me a lesson on him that he's a lot faster than I thought. But I don't think he's going to be as durable as Patterson. And I think having the two of them available to play is a great asset to the Wolverines. So it's time to talk about Michigan State. They pulled off a pretty impressive win. They pulled off a pretty impressive win on the road at Penn State. Got to give them that. And uh, now Michigan goes on the road, a place that they have had trouble in the past. You know, it's been a it's been a night and day difference between playing at home and on the road. And they're playing a big rival. And uh, Let's be honest, this is Michigan State season. Um, what do you think? I think they'll give the, the Wolverines a tussle. The questions are somewhat the same 
next week as they were this week. Can Michigan run the ball against that defense, which is very, very good against the run? Because Michigan, it seems, has to run effectively to have a decent passing game, too, to, to score and move the chains and keep the defense off the field. So we'll see. It's going to be a tough game. It always is there. They, they quite often get a call that is just beyond belief in their favor. And we often lose. There was clock gate in the, in the past where they adjusted the clock to their advantage. And uh, there was a drop bump by the Australian kicker that one year right at the end of the game at the worst possible time. And they put on a scoring drive then and won. A lot of their, a lot of, if you go back even 20 years ago when Desmond Howard was there and he's tripped in the end zone by a Michigan Stater on a, obviously, obviously a trip, obviously a violation that wasn't called. Well, Andy, I, I will tell you, I was at that game. It happened right in front of me. And the thing that I remember now, think back, this was Michigan Stadium before the replay boards. So I'm in the student section, and, you know, the place is rocking. We're hoping, you know, that uh, Michigan's going for the two-point conversion, and hopefully it's going to be an amazing finish. Desmond Howard flashed, cut across the end zone. I saw him catch the ball. Everybody stood up, and then the next thing we know, you know, and when I say he, yeah. he caught the ball, he tried to catch the ball. You know, the ball hit his hands, and he was, he was tripped up. But understand, everybody stood up, and the game was over. And honestly, we didn't know what happened. I mean, we're like, well, he had it in his hand for a second, and, you know, everything happens, you know, so quickly, boom, boom. And uh, having to make the walk back from Michigan Stadium, you know, back to campus, and there were Michigan State fans celebrating. And I remember going to a party, <coughs> and, you know, Gathering around a TV to watch the replay, and just couldn't believe that it wasn't flagged. And uh, again, you know, it, it, you know, you can talk, you can go back, and you know, you have Clockgate, um, and, and you know, Michigan State fans will say that it's sour grapes, but again, it, it's that you know, you talk about the kick that was uh, that was blocked and muffed and recovered, and <coughs> bad things seem to happen in this game to Michigan, and that's why you can never take this one for granted. But I have to say, I, I, I'm looking forward to this game. Um, I think we're in a good position, but, you know, that's kind of why this is a rivalry game. There's so much on the line that, you know, Michigan State would like nothing better than to foil Michigan yet again. And uh, Michigan would like nothing better than to go up there and put a beating on. And I would love to see that. I mean, I would... It would be it's really about, great. <coughs> it, it's past past time that uh, the Spartans, uh, you know, had a little come down as far as the University of Michigan is concerned. It's time for the Wolverines to win. Well, and Andy, I mean, we we've talked about this in the past. No matter what the state of Michigan State is, okay, their program right now, um, you know. They may be distracted because they're having to pay out $500 billion to the victims of, of abuse. Um, 
you know, they always have a little bit of drama off the field with some of their players getting in trouble. No matter what, okay, this would be a signature win for Harbaugh to go into Lansing, go into East Lansing, beat Michigan State, and to set up uh, a battle two weeks after the game with Penn State um, that would have huge implications for the division. So it's, I think, you know, when, when you follow Michigan football, this is what you look for. This is what you get excited about. I was excited about Wisconsin. Not surprised at the result. Actually kind of surprised how easy it was. Um, and and now we, we have another challenge up. I'll tell you, the players seem to have the right focus. Um, nobody is looking past Michigan State. But, you know, they've said repeatedly, they were not looking ahead to Michigan State past Wisconsin. One game at a time. They say that every game is a championship. But uh, you could tell from talking to some of the players that, that this one is going to have a little bit extra relish on it. Absolutely right. You know, I'm, I live here near Lansing, so I get very, very tired of hearing the continuous drone of Michigan State voices all years long, all year long when, when Michigan State wins and we lose that particular game. So it's always meant a lot to me. It means a lot to me this year, too, uh, even more than ever, because I think that if the Wolverines can manage this, that they might have a shot at doing something great this year, something that's avoided them a long time. This will help propel them. If they can get this and, and uh, uh, Penn State, they won't be sitting in the catbird seat, but they'll be in better position than they've been in a long, long time. Since uh, better than uh, 2016, Harbaugh's first year, which was his best year, so we'll see what happens. It's going to be an exciting. You going to be there? Well, we're going to see. I'm hoping to be. Okay. So, well, that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for umgoblue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.